Hello, I'm Ben Harmon, the Director of Stills, a Centre for Photography based in Edinburgh and a registered charity. You're listening to Photography Down the Line, a series of conversations with artists and photographers that we're in touch with to discuss and share their ideas. To learn more about Stills and to support our work, please visit stills.org. Thank you for listening. Hello, am I speaking to R. Peter Shah? You are indeed. Oh, it's so nice to have you on. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Oh, thank you um, for calling. <laughs> well, R. Peter, where are you and, and what might I be interrupting with this call? Um, okay, so I'm currently in Eastbourne, uh, which is a seaside town in East Sussex. Um, usually around this time, I'd be attempting to put my six-month-year-old twins uh, for their mid-morning nap attempting um that's what i'm <laughs> <be> doing <laughs> really really appreciate you sparing the time to do this given uh, given all given all of that going on at home um and you, I, you've you've not been in eastbourne that long have you are you um are, are you still moving between eastbourne and, and edinburgh or scotland um, yep, so I, I'd like to be doing more movement, but at the moment, unfortunately, there hasn't travels, traveling's not been on the cards, but I moved down to Eastbourne at the end of last summer. Um, I'd actually grown up here um, in Eastbourne when I was a teenager, and so I'd moved up to Edinburgh uh, to study at uni and ended up in Scotland for 18 years. And then, uh, yeah, last year, my husband and I decided to sort of move back. Um, but I'm still uh, involved in projects through FOCAS and um, street level photo work. So hoping to travel between the two, but at the moment, um, pretty much, I think, yeah, we've decided to stay, stay down south just because my family are all down here and we need help, um, as much help as we can get with uh, raising the twins at the moment. Yeah. And there's no shortage of kind of cultural activity and especially photography down on the south coast of England. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, a great place to be, I should think. Um, <laughs> I wanted to sort of rewind a bit and ask you how you how you got into photography. Yeah, okay, gosh. So <laughs> I, where do I start or how I got into photography? So um, I, well, growing up, my, my father's a, he's a doctor, but he was an amateur photographer. And um, growing up, he photographed my mother extensively um, and photographed me um, a lot, me and my brother. Um, we also traveled around a lot. Um, I was born in India and uh, grew up sort of, when I was three, we moved to Ireland um, and then we moved to Saudi Arabia. Um, and I sort of spent my childhood between the Middle East and India. And then, uh, yeah, when I was, Sort of 10 we moved to Eastbourne and then that sort of settled in UK and so traveling around a lot my father photographed us a lot and photographed our family a lot and um, when I was at college um, I decided uh, that I wanted to study photography I became really interested in uh, lots of portraiture particularly sort of fashion photography um, and portraiture so I studied photography yeah at college and then absolutely loved it um, I wasn't really very academic uh, when I was at school. And so finding something uh, that I felt that passionate about was uh, really exciting. So I pursued it and moved to Edinburgh in the early 2000s to study photography. And that's sort of how it began. Mm. And, and you went to Napier, was, 
were, were um, it was Robin Galanders and Roberta McGrath and teachers like that at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it was Roberta, um, Robin, uh, Colin Cavers, and Marianne Kennedy. Um, so I was very fortunate to have them all uh, as lecturers. Um, yeah, learning about photography and being inspired by them. Yeah, and and that's interesting that so from from quite a young age you were probably you were used to being photographed and perhaps understood how it felt to be photographed. Definitely. Um, and, and as you as you described, you also moved around a lot from different countries. So you've sort of gone through, you've studied photography and become a photographer with that that understanding, um, you know, from from quite a young age. Which, yeah which has clearly informed the, the work you've gone on to make. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting you say that. I think, um, yeah, first, I mean, my father photographed my mum a lot. And so my mother, um, we sort of almost joke about it, but it's, it's true is that for the half of my mum's life, she was my father's muse. And then the other half, I've been photographing her since sort of I was at college to now, she features in a lot of my projects. So um, yeah, I think it was, it's interesting kind of thinking about me watching my father photograph her and, and thinking about how that sort of informed me and how I photograph her. But in terms of traveling around a lot, um, it, yeah, I think there's this sort of relationship between my own experience yeah, of moving around and then the work I make is also um, collaborating a lot of time uh, with families, um, particularly women, uh, mothers and daughters, making work sort of about uh, migration, about um, heritage and yeah, a lot of the time it's sort of reflecting my own experiences and that collaboration is based on this sort of uh, experience of uh, being displaced and kind of exploring that ever-shifting identity of individuals and communities um, like myself that, you know, are not sort of grounded in one particular country or culture, but that move around and are displaced. Yeah, and you can... That this comes across um, very clearly in a lot of your projects, but perhaps we could talk about um, one of your most recent projects, Nalini, um, first. I wondered if you could, could you, could you, would you mind sort of describing um, the project and what it was about? Yeah, of course. Um, so Nalini, uh, it's, a, it's a long-term project that I started working on back in uh, 2014, 2015. Um, it, uh, was developed across um, India, Kenya, and UK, and focuses on uh, my maternal lineage, looking at migration, memory, and loss. Um, the series really centers on my mum, my grandmother, and myself. And it sort of looks at this sort of intimacy, distance, and tension between uh, generations of India-born women uh, that have all grown up and lived across various continents and cultures. Uh, the project Nalini, the title, that's my grandmother's name and the project was sort of really inspired by her. Um, when uh, I sort of, but just before I started the project, um, I'd uh, gone to India and me and my mother often go to India every other year. And um, this particular time, I think in early 2015, I'd gone to India and my grandmother was in um, a coma. She'd fallen, she'd hurt her head and fell into a coma for three weeks. and. Um, when we visited her in, in the hospital, I felt this sort of really deep sadness and regret that, you know, I kept meaning as a photographer, particularly as a photographer who records um, oral histories of South Asian women, you know, I'd never 
sat down and recorded my grandmother on her past and I, I hadn't really photographed her. And so I just felt this really, um, yeah, like sadness that I hadn't done this. And I think a lot of people have that sort of guilt sometimes with elders where you keep meaning to, you know, sit down and really listen to their stories and document them, but you never sort of have that time to do it. And so when she woke up, luckily after three weeks of being um, asleep, she woke up and um, I asked her, um, you know, what, what was it like? Were you dreaming or was it just complete darkness? And she said, no, I, I dreamt I was, I was floating. I was floating in the ocean uh, between East Africa and India. I didn't know which direction I was going in. And so um, when she said that, um, as an artist, that was a sort of light bulb moment that, yeah. you know, gosh, you know, I need to make work about this. And yeah. as a granddaughter, I was just like, gosh, you know, Africa had such an important role, played such an important role in my grandmother's childhood. And, you know, I need to find out more about my family history. I think sometimes when your family move around a lot, it, you know, back then things weren't documented the way they are now. So it's always sort of oral histories and myths about, you know, our family used to live in this place and it used to be like this, but I'd sort of never spent the time to actually investigate, um, you know, this history and and ask, interview her. And so, um, yeah, the project kind of stemmed from that, that moment. And um, it's kind of like just a, you know, a journey for me to find out more about my family history, but also to connect, connect with it, um, connect with my female ancestors. And so um, in the project, I, you know, photographed my mother's body, my grandmother's body, um, and lots of female relatives, but I've also sort of combined it with portraits of um, archival photographs of objects, um, also of flora. Um, the series is quite sort of poetic in terms of how I kind of wanted to explore time passing and migration and movement and history. And so there's always these sort of metaphors of where I've used the skin or a crumbling photograph or a you know fresh flower or dried petals where you can see how time's passed um you know but how all the histories of all the women are still connected yeah it must resonate so strongly um with people too when they when they sort of visually and conceptually um it was it was premiered at street level photoworks in glasgow and i know you've had a long association with them having done a residency in, and i know you're now a board member there Mm -hmm. um, but it also toured, so it was in Glasgow, but it toured to, to Lewis and yes. Impressions Gallery in Bradford. Did you get very different kinds of reaction and feedback from, from the different places that the exhibition toured to? That's a really good question. That's really interesting. I think, um, yeah, I think that there was, I think with Glasgow and Bradford, um, because there is a quite a big South Asian community and a lot of um, South Asians that have got sort of histories connected to East Africa um, there were yeah there was similar feedback and um, with those two but when the, the Nalini toured to the island I think there was there was still I think um, because the exhibition um, you can't really see um, front sort of faces of people in the work and that was something I thought about a lot because I'd taken a lot of my work in the past is very traditional formal portraits, but with yeah. Nalini, um, there's only sort of fragments of the body of the hand. And so I think that it's more universal. And so um, I think even though, yeah, in, in the island, and actually um, one of the reasons I was really excited about showing the work in um, the Isle of Lewis is because um, Stornoway has 
uh, quite a big history with a lot of South Asian communities um, settling there in the 1930s. And so there is a pocket, um, a couple of years ago, I did a project uh, exploring uh, the oral histories of Asian Hebrideans, um, where I sort of interviewed a lot of them on migrating from Pakistan and India and settling in the islands. And um, so there is a, yeah, there is a small community there. Um, but I think, yeah, the work, it's so universal. I think a lot of people from different cultural backgrounds connected with it, but showing it in Bradford was incredibly special because there was, uh, there's such a massive diverse um, Asian community there. And so, um, yeah, when I went down to do a talk there, there were a lot of, there was a few women from, sort of a tea group that they do um, at uh, Impressions. A few of the Asian women had come along to the talk and they contributed their own stories. And there was this one woman who was like, this is like my story, this is my mother's story. Um, and, you know, that was really special to hear that because um, I was quite nervous um, initially about showing the work just because it's so personal. Sometimes, um, yeah, you wonder, you know, is, is the work going to resonate with people? Will people mm. connect to it? And it was really lovely that so many women could connect with it, particularly um, South Asian women. Yeah, was it was it difficult, sort of making that that transition from showing work? It was sort of um, uh, where the subjects were were sort of other people, from making work like that to making work that was deeply personal the subject was very much your your own family was that difficult to do it, it was it was very different I think um when I started the project then so I, I started this sort of yeah 20 late early 2015 but prior to that I'd been sort of making I'd been really fortunate but I sort of did back-to-back -back residencies and projects and commissions and mm -hmm. I felt um quite sort of burnt out from making so much work so quickly and I really needed to slow down a little bit and kind of explore yeah like I wanted a project to sort of lead in its own direction and so it was really nice for me as an artist to slow down and not have a start and beginning because I feel like this project's always evolving um, but um, in terms of photographing my own family and particularly my grandmother um, sort of not being very well it, I, I found it was quite hard to navigate around yeah my role as um, a photographer because sometimes she was so poorly she couldn't sort of get up from bed and you know at times we thought maybe we, we might lose her and you know in a way my aunt and my mother were sort of preparing themselves for potentially grieving and it was really hard yeah I think as an artist to mm. navigate around that because I wanted the images but I was also needed to respect um yeah my my family members and respect how she'd like to get seen so sure. I think yeah I think that's something um in terms of some of the images that were shown there are some that she's very vulnerable in that I knew um she wouldn't uh, feel comfortable maybe being shown. And so it's definitely a bit more complex, I think, um, when, yeah, you're so emerged in the narrative, um, you know, to, yeah, to show and, and talk about, but. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. And it, it must be very difficult with the, here we are on the one hand in the UK kind of coming out of lockdown. And I think actually, I'm, as I'm recording this, this is pretty much the first or second day in Scotland where everything's kind of opening up again and yet the news from India is is really um, shocking at the moment. Absolutely. That, that must be a worry for you. It's a real worry. It's very heartbreaking seeing what's going on. Um, and we've sort of lost a few 
people we've known and it's just my grandmothers and family relatives are are fine at the moment um but it's just yeah it's very very scary um and very heartbreaking you you describe nalini as a as an ongoing project is it um is it something that you feel is is unresolved or need you know sort of need need to keep going yeah i think so um um back in not last year, so in 2019, I was really fortunate. I went on residency to Lightwork Syracuse. Um, so it was a great photography organization in uh, Syracuse, New York, where they do um, monthly residencies. Um, and I was really lucky to be selected for that. Um, the residency was supported by Autograph Gallery in Shoreditch. Yeah. Um, and so at that residency, I'd actually gone to make a photo book of Nalini because I felt like um, initially when I started the project, I felt like it was going to be a book and then it sort of, uh, yeah, manifested into a show. Um, yeah. And uh, during the month long residency, I was, I think I was quite naive, but I thought I would be able to make a book dummy of, of you know, of the work. Um, I'd never, I don't have a background in bookmaking. And so I was very naive and I sort of found that actually trying to make you know, a book, the whole sort of, you have to reframe, or I had to reframe how I've shown the work because I've mm -hmm. exhibited it around a lot. Some of the sequences that sort of imprinted in my head. And then um, when you try and do that into a book, it just, it didn't translate the same. And I think what I love about exhibitions is that they're a bit more fluid with what the beginning and end can be, because you never really know where someone's going to start looking and they can move from one side of the wall to across the wall. But with a book, it's more static with beginning and ending. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on, on the book, um, but it's very early stages. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, a good friend of mine and um, uh, a guy that works at Lightwork, uh, Dan Boardman, he told me to think about the book as something to accompany the exhibition instead of trying to translate the exhibition into the book. So. Yeah, so at the moment the, the project's kind of going, steering to direction of some kind of physical book, but mm. but more sort of as, as an artist, I feel like um, as my mother ages, you know, this project's gonna keep going. And, you yeah. know, I've recently become a mother as well. And so I feel like this project is always gonna be, yeah, kind of developing and I'll be making images to sort of go add, add to the narrative. Mm. So ongoing, I think, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's great because whenever it gets shown, um, you know, it kind of, it is a little fluid in how images get shown and sometimes I'll add an additional image on to it. So I think, yeah, it'll be ongoing. Yeah, and I was, you mentioned your residency in Syracuse and I noticed just looking at your CV, I know you had some big, you had a big grain project commission in 2019 and I think in 20, last year, I think you were in group shows at Town Art Gallery um, and Warsaw and other places. Mm -hmm. Has the, did the pandemic uh, sort of make a lot of things ground to a halt for you? Were you, were, were things really sort of getting going when they had to stop or, um, you know, yeah, was it slightly different for you last year? Um, so I, there were some some potential shows to get cancelled last year um, with lockdown um, and then I think some existing shows so the one um, at New Art Gallery Walsall mm -hmm. and even the one at Towner um, the the time frames shortened due to lock due to the lockdown yeah. restrictions but you know that's that was absolutely understandable but um, yeah in terms of the 
project I was doing, um, I got commissioned to do with Grain. Um, so it's a project called Modern Muse, which I started back in 2019. And I was um, meant to, just before lockdown was uh, announced, I was meant to go back for my third visit um, to make portraits. And so that, um, that got postponed uh, and hopefully I'll be able to continue lift up from that um, maybe this year or next year. Uh, but it's really, uh, yeah, it's been really nice. It's the first time I've actually made work in England um, because, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd been in Scotland for so long. So it was a really exciting project to get commissioned to do. Um, yeah, the project I'm making, uh, it's called Modern Muse and it's sort of um, portraits celebrating South Asian female identity across Birmingham and the Midlands. Um, for this work, I was really interested in kind of looking at um, the ever-shifting identities of um, being a South Asian woman um, in contemporary Britain. Um, and so the project for the project, I've been photographing young women, a lot, a lot of young women I met through social media um, mm. where uh, I kind of interview them. We have conversations around what Britishness, Britishness is, what, um, you know, discussing race identity. And mm. then um, I've been making portraits of them. Um, and the portraits have been, uh, they've been visually inspired by oval Mughal miniature paintings. A lot of my work kind of draws a lot from South Asian art, particular miniature paintings. And so, yeah, the work's kind of like responding to sort of historically, uh, sort of in Mughal paintings and early Indian uh, art, women were often um, sort of represented sort of through the male gaze. They're often kind of quite sensually portrayed. And so in this project, I'm really interested in the sort of gaze being directly at the lens and sort of the women sort of owning the spaces and the images that are made. So mm. um, yeah, it's a really exciting uh, project. Uh, and uh, I've been able to collaborate with other artists and photograph, you know, writers and the, yeah, I think uh, when I started the project, my niece, uh, who's now just turned eight, uh, she was asking me what my work's all about. And, you know, she was looking at some of the portraits I was editing and I just said, you know, the, the photographs of really inspiring brown women, um, you know, so they're, they're going to go up in a gallery one day and when you go in, it's going to be really nice. So you're going to see lots of inspiring women sort of who are brown like you. And that's kind of, yeah, what the show's uh, going to be about and what the work, I think all my work's about. It's about, you know, representing women like my mum, like my niece and my gran and sort of, yeah, putting them up in spaces so they can go in and sort of hopefully see you know, an aspect of themselves reflected in um, inspiring portraits that they see up on a wall. Yeah, and given everything that happened last year around Black Lives Matter, um, how, I mean, how, how has that changed things for you? Um, what, I wonder what kind of impact that has had and, and you know, what it, what, it made, what it made you think about and perhaps um, what it might change in terms of how you you approach your practice differently in the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a great quite a big question. Yeah, <laughs> how long have we got then? <laughs> um, I think as a uh, as an artist, I think a lot of you know the conversations that came out they're so long overdue. Um, I mm. mean, I'm talking about particularly in the arts, um, you know, and I think I come from a sort of earlier on generation where you know some of my work was sometimes, you know, shown at sort of at particular moments, you know, 
in a year and they were never sort of they're always programmed around sort of showing diversity instead of just being programmed to um you know just being programmed in a in a year calendar of a, of of an exhibition or of, of an organization yeah. so i think these conversations of you know why in the past um yeah certain works only been shown in a particular program instead of just being celebrated as this is an artist of color and this is yeah. their work um so these conversations are really exciting um they're still really early and i think you know a lot of organizations promised um to make change and so i'm really interested in seeing uh, you know how that change happens and whether it was just a temporary sort of moment where they they sort of promised it but you know at the moment structures are changing and i think a lot of the conversations around yeah like people who um select and, and make decisions like that's where diversity needs to to be and that's happening and conversations are happening around that so I think that's really exciting um but I also think for artists of color you know just to be yeah like do a lot of organizations want to show diverse work but you kind of have to explore you know the history of these organizations and and sort of also feel like you can make the decision whether you want to be involved or not so it's been, yeah, I think it's an interesting time right now um, and change is happening, but more needs to happen. Um, but it's it's slowly happening. And, you know, with social media, there's such, I think there's so much more um, presence of artists of color. Now there's so many more organizations and initiatives being set up to what things were like sort of back, I, I guess, when I graduated, it's very, it's a different landscape now. And there's so many more platforms um, and you know to show diverse work to discuss you know lack of representation to make change so all of this is kind of heading in the right direction um which is really exciting yeah yeah i agree and there seems to be a lot of moves towards organizations making making themselves more diverse um mm -hmm. in in their makeup and, and and involving diverse communities in everything they do rather than just making it part of a, a kind of exhibition program yeah um yeah there are some really exciting conversations have have already begun which is really good um absolutely um and uh yeah i and uh, another project i wanted to ask you about was portrait of home which was um commissioned as part of the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in 2014. Um, how did that come about and what did you, uh, again, it's a, it's, um, a project where you had, had obviously, um, first of all, found people to photograph and then had a sort of conversation with them about the way they want to be represented. Um, I imagine you must have built up, this is, this is a kind of probably another question actually, I imagine you must have built up quite a huge sort of oral history archive whilst you've been working on all these projects is that is that right yeah I mean that is that is right actually so a lot of the time you know for Portrait of Home or um you know Vasant Ritu or Nymphosia projects I do a lot of the time I initially meet up with sitters and families um people I'm collaborating with and interview them first um just to kind of inform you know the the, the portrait session and also for them to sort of get to know me and for me to get know them so um but with portrait of home uh, that was a really really exciting project uh that took place in 2014 and so it was supported by the cultural program um through creative scotland and uh, uh basically in uh, 2014 they'd sort of 
put a call out for artists uh, to make, I think they'd commissioned 20 artists um, from different disciplines to make work exploring uh, Scotland's connection to the Commonwealth um, and for the work, you know, to be shown throughout the Commonwealth Games. And so I proposed, yeah, to make um, a series of portraits uh, of families across uh, Scotland that had links to different Commonwealth countries. Um, and I think I photographed about 22 families or maybe 24 um, and sort of traveled, um, yeah, up to Aberdeen, Inverness. We'd gone up to Shetland uh, Islands, which was mad. Um, I never knew it was 14 hours uh, ferry. <laughs> trip there. I, I wish we'd flown. I thought it'd be quite exciting, um, but it was a long, um, so that was, yeah, it was really exciting. And so I, I, I thought um, that, yeah, the, I think the title kind of explains what the work's about. And yeah. It's kind of looking at this idea of what home is, um, you know, and what home means. And so a lot of the portraits were accompanied by uh, answers to the question where I'd said, you know, what is the meaning of home? And, um, yeah, and I, I sort of photographed families in their home a lot of the time in their living rooms. Um, there was sort of, it was one of the first projects I'd shot sort of with natural light, which was quite ambitious in Scotland, because um, you don't really know what the weather's going to be like on the day, because it changes seasons sometimes uh, within an hour, even from Glasgow to Edinburgh, sometimes the weather's so different. <laughs> um, so, uh, it was, yeah, it was a really um, exciting project to do. And I met so many lovely families. Um, because it was for the Commonwealth Games, um, uh, I had a lot of support in putting a call out for um, yeah. families. And that was, you know, that was new for me because a lot of the time, and even now, most of the time when I meet people, I, it's usually me stopping them on the street or sort of going to particular community groups or areas and sort of, yeah, just giving my car that. But for the this project, it was so many families wanted to get involved. So it was amazing to have emails from people willing uh, to be photographed um and so yeah the, the the work was shot on film with natural light and um it was exhibited um it had two exhibitions so one was at trongate 103 um in glasgow sort of with street level photo works and then um a few i think a few weeks before the show was going up street level also curated um an outdoor um, exhibition uh, called the Glasgow um, Family Album and so they had a few artists they were working with um, and so during the Commonwealth Games instead of having the work all indoors they installed like massive vinyl posters of images across the city and so uh, these portraits were shown up in Glasgow Green where some of the games were happening uh, in three meter wide vinyl um, which was also the first time I think uh, my work had been shown in that format um, Initially, I was very uh, protective over like what paper would be printed on and, you know, what 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 would it look like? But um, I actually found that instead of having the work that the, the work in the gallery space, the, the work outdoors, a lot of more people interacted with it and the families I collaborated with, they'd all of them, I asked them to send me selfies with these big posters and a lot of them did. And it was just really lovely. I think um, people could I think as diverse as the families were, there was this familiarity in the family and the home um, that anyone, everyone could identify with. And then, yeah. you know, the quotes that everyone was saying, like, I think, yeah, that, that it resonated with a lot of people, whether they've moved from, you know, Glasgow to Edinburgh, or whether they've moved from Pakistan to, to you know, Inverness, there was all this sort of universal um, experience there that yeah. they could identify with. So. 
it was a really uh, fun project to do. I really loved it. And I met so many lovely families. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I should at this point draw people's attention to your website, rptshire.com, because it's it's brilliantly informative with under all these projects we're talking about are listed and there's there's text accompanying them and um, as well. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, having your your work out outdoors and kind of exposed to the elements and everything else must feel very different to um what you're used to and I, I suppose it's different for a, a sculptor or something like that but um yeah but brilliant to have them um at you know uh, uh, so sort of publicly available in that way during the commonwealth games definitely i think yeah i think because there's always this kind of um i think galleries and museums would love more people to come in and there are certain yeah. sort of you know you just never get a spectrum of the community everyone coming into it. so having stuff outdoors and more accessible i think yeah. it's always really really interesting and really really exciting so um yeah i think outdoor showing work in outdoor spaces is something i'm really passionate yeah. about and hope to do yeah. more yeah definitely i i agree and and it's reaching those all those people that for whatever reason just won't walk into a gallery will mm -hmm. be intimidated by them or um and i think yeah i've seen some brilliant outdoor displays over the last few years and different different kinds of um dis display structures and things like that and some of them work really well um mm -hmm. so um our peter what sort of running out of time a little bit but i want I've, there are there were some questions i wanted to ask you um i wondered about um sort of influences if there are any particular artists or photographers that you've that you that you admire and have have, have kind of informed your work in some way um, in, in particularly in terms of sort of portraiture and, and sort of group portraiture? Um, yes, um, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good question. I hope my brain can work in remembering everyone's <laughs> name. But um, uh, yeah, in terms of portraiture, uh, I really love Richard Abaddon's work, um, which uh, Robin Galanders had introduced us or talked a lot about um, when we were studying portraiture at Napier. Um, so. I love, uh, yeah, I love his portraits. Um, and then uh, there's also an uh, Indian photographer called Dianita Singh, yeah. who, um, who made a beautiful book and series called Privacy, where she'd taken black and white portraits of um, sort of Indian families and friends, um, sort of more, yeah, they were kind of middle-class Indian families and friends. Um, but I remember when I saw her work, uh, it was really exciting for me because um, India sort of often, in the West, there's only certain narratives that got shown um, yeah. of India. And so when I saw her work, it was kind of like this world that, you know, I could identify with a little bit. And there were just these really beautiful uh, portraits of young women and mothers and daughters and families. And so I think, uh, yeah, that was very, that's a photographer I absolutely admire. Um, and then in terms of family portraiture, Thomas Druth's uh, yeah. work is always, you know, been his book um, and family portraits is something that I've always been drawn to um, yeah. ever since I started uh, studying photography. Um, so yeah, those are the photographers I can think of at the moment. I'll yeah. probably get off the phone with you and be like, oh my God, why didn't I mention <laughs> all these other artists? So yeah, yeah. I, had, I had wondered about Struth and I'm always intrigued by that, that series of his that they're um, families from Scotland in there I think there's, there's one from Falkirk and so yeah there is yeah you kind of think oh, wow you know kind of imagining him in in a, a sort of suburban home in Falkirk um, 
how did that happen? I'm sure there's some very good explanations. <laughs> the other thing um, I've been asking people, Arpita, which I wondered about is, um, I mean, it kind of feels like lockdown's finished now, but I've been asking people about sort of recommendations for things they've discovered or returned to during lockdown. It might be books or TV or music or photography. Um, is there anything that sort of springs to mind for you? There, so between sort of, yeah, watching YouTube videos of um, nursery rhymes and <laughs> I guess when I was pregnant doing sort of pregnancy yoga, um, there were a few, a few things I was catching. I mean, uh, God, let me think. Well, first of all, obviously, I'd like to recommend listeners to listen to all the, the stills uh, podcasts down the line. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I've really been enjoying them. I saw that you spoke to Tracy, Tracy Marshall recently, yeah. so I need to catch yeah. that one. But I listened to Sakai Machaches and yeah. also Cody Matthews, so I really enjoyed those too. Um, uh, but uh, for anyone wanting to sort of listen to stuff, Street Level Photo Works, um, they did a sort of... Uh, street level in lockdown talks last year which are all um available on youtube um but they did um these talks with colin gray um and margaret mitchell who i'm big fans of um so those two talks were really lovely um i think it's always really lovely yeah just hearing artists talk informally about their practice um so um i really enjoyed that um street level also recently screened um wendy t wald's um Portraits and Dreams uh, documentary, which was so powerful. So I think there's a Q&A up with her and Sylvia Bordier um, where Wendy's talking about sort of, yeah, her background and socially engaged art. So for anyone interested in that, that was um, something I, I would recommend. Um, also recently, I think a few weeks ago, Belfast Exposed did a, a talk with Matthew Finn um, on sort of photographing the family, um, particularly, you know, his work around photographing his mother. And so that was a really powerful talk. It was really lovely hearing him talk about, yeah, just him photographing his mother, his wife, um, and now their child. And, and yeah, it really sort of resonated with me um, right now. So mm. I, I'd recommend that. Um, and then recently also what I was gonna recommend was um, a good friend of mine and also photographer, Ida Arentoft, um, she's uh, based in Copenhagen, but she works at um, Gamel Holtego um, Gallery in Copenhagen. And she was telling me um, that during lockdown, they were they installed Trina Sondergaard's exhibition, Nearly Now. And so she's a, for anyone who's not sure, she's a Danish uh, photographer who makes beautiful sort of painterly portraits, um, usually of women, um, but really uh, beautiful portraits. Uh, her show went up during lockdown and, um, unfortunately, like now the show's come down and no one got to see it. Um, and so the gallery, she was telling me that the gallery were really creative and making sort of peepholes for people to look at the show, but they also um, did like a virtual online exhibition of her show. And, um, you know, I would recommend that. Um, I know it's not the same as going into a gallery space, but sometimes I think with lockdown, um, the way galleries and organizations have been creative and sort of just reaching their audiences has been really great. And there's no way I could travel to Copenhagen to see the show. So mm -hmm. it's been really nice for me. I think it's always good for artists to kind of see how shows are curated and how they work in a space. And, you know, yeah, it's not the same, but there's a virtual sort of 360 degree um, uh, viewing of, of that show. So um, I'd yeah recommend that. 
but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll, I'll make sure those are all listed in the episode notes so that um, people can see see those have access to those um our oh, peter thank you so much i should definitely let you get back to your twins and i <laughs> <laughs> uh, really look forward to seeing what you do next and and keeping in touch with you um and thank you again for sparing the time this morning to speak to me oh it's been really lovely thank you so much for calling ben hope i get to see you soon so yeah. lots of love to scotland <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks our oh, peter lots of love bye bye bye